Hey everybody, how are you this morning? Great, good, good, good to hear. It's great to see you all. I have like a good visual picture of you all. We get ready to get started here this morning. Yeah. Well, my name is Katie Griffin. I am the pastor of missions and congregational care here at Highlands Church. I have had the awesome opportunity during this interim time to kind of bring you on the preaching schedule. It has been not only um, challenging at times, uh, <laughs> but also very rewarding and such a blessing. And I consider it such an honor. And I cannot wait until you get to, some of you might have already met him, um, meet and get to know our new senior pastor, um, James Baird. He's just an amazing man of God, and I am so looking forward to this next journey here. And so with that, we are in our second week and our final week of the prayer series, and we have marveled um, really uh, over the timing of this series. The Lord has his hand upon this church, and we see him woven into each detail, and we are so thankful for that. And so let me start things off here this morning. Let me ask you this. Have you ever got to a place in your life where you feel like something is missing? Kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on here, but just feels like something's missing. I wonder if you've ever thought of that missing thing as like a connection problem. You know, for example, I am a, on Friday morning before I was preparing, I was preparing for this all week, but before I was set down to actually like put it on paper, the, uh, I'm like, I really need to vacuum my house. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I really like vacuuming. So, um, so I get out my vacuum cleaner, which is called the shark, by the way, which I love. And I plug, I go and I go to plug in the vacuum cleaner and nothing. And then I was like, (gasps) so then immediately I was like, well, I need to fix this. And so I start tearing the whole thing apart, take the canister apart, change, clean all the filters, everything, put the whole thing back together, plug it in, nothing. It was as if my life flashed before my eyes. (sighs) What am I going to do without a vacuum cleaner? And so, um, and then I calmed down and then I walked over to the outlet and I wasn't the outlet that I had it plugged in. I walked over to the other outlet in the kitchen, the one that has a little tester thing on it. And so I pushed the little reset button. And as soon as I pushed the reset button, it was like music to my ears and I was so excited. And so I wonder if this is the same thing in our lives, what happens to us when we forget to click into the power right, of God, and perhaps maybe we're connected to the wrong source. For example, like the world or other stuff that distracts us. And what happens with that other stuff? It trips our breaker. And in order to reset and have the power that we need in our lives, we must do that through prayer. And so that is a relationship that we have daily with God and the way that really our rhythm, right, is restored is through the power of prayer. Now, the more time that you spend with something or someone, the more confidence you build in it. And the same is true with God. The time you spend with God, the more faith in him you will grow, and the more, stayed, the more that you will stay plugged into his power. Now, here at Highlands, we set prayer as a priority for this ministry that he's called us to at this time and space. 
And I wanted to share with you a few things what that looked like. And so, first of all, how are your chairs? Your chairs a little comfy? They're a little comfy, right? They can rock a little bit. Well, I just wanted you to know that these chairs are set up for you every Saturday by a, prayer, by a chair team. Now, that chair team that comes in and sets them up, they not only just set them up and make them look all straight and nice and neat, they actually pray over each and every chair that God would meet you in this place. That's pretty awesome. And then another thing is that we, have all, we often say, you know, please turn in your prayer requests or if you have any prayers, send us by email or drop it in the offering or just let us know. Now, when we get those, it not only comes to us as a staff, but it also goes to our prayer team. We have an entire team that just prays over them. We, it also goes to our deacons and our elders. And so you have an entire group of people praying over your requests. Also, on Sunday morning, prior to anything even happening in here, Theater 3 gets here early, and they pray over this space. They pray over what God is going to be doing and what God is going to be doing in and through each and every one of them and through your hearts here. And then our session, which is our leadership, our elders of the church, they have an agenda. They meet once a uh, once a month, and on their agenda, they have several items they have to go through. But it's just so amazing to me that every time I attend a session meeting, I watch them just covet prayer. And so they'll, they'll say something in the agenda, something that needs to be done, and they will stop and pray over that thing that needs to be done. Then they'll move on, and then they'll stop and pray. And then also our prayer shawl ministry, it kind of just kind of says it in its name. But these ladies, as they are in their, you know, you know, building friendships and community with one another, they're also, every little stitch that they're doing, they're praying over those as they give them out into the community to bless others. Prayer is our first priority. It says this in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, in every situation, bathe it in prayer. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. Hold on. Did you guys hear that? How many times have I sat with people in my office or in talking with people, and they're like, Katie, I just need to know what God's will is for my life. Can you let me know? There it is. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks. This is God's will for your life. Done. That's it. So if we were to pray continually, which means in every situation, how do you think that would change our response to situations? For example, when you wake up in the morning before your little toe even touches out of the bed, right? I have to do this because I know myself and I know my flesh and my flesh is tired even though I've already slept all night, but I know it's just tired, right? And that I'm going to be, um, I need to start my day acknowledging the Lord, that who he is and that the breath that he's pushed into my lungs that day and that I'm going to need him. Lord, I'm going to need you today to get me through this day. And so it's like, it gives you a whole new perspective, right? It puts on a different lens for you as you're beginning your day, acknowledging that you need him. And so I'm going to get out of bed today, and I'm going to need you to walk with me, and I need your power, and then this come goes like with it for me, and then please guard my mouth, amen. <laughs> 
And then it goes on. It doesn't just stop there. It goes on throughout the day. And so it goes on this. When you're, maybe when you're sending your kids off to school, what do you, should you do? Pray first. Maybe before you're walking into that important business meeting, what should you do? Pray first. Maybe before you're having that hard discussion that you know you're needed to have that day with some family member or a friend or something that, what should you do? Pray first. How about this? How about before a difficult decision? You pray first. Lastly, how about before you even post on Facebook, you pray first? (laughs) There's a solution to a lot of world problems. (laughs) All right. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Did you hear that? Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Now, for me, my introduction to prayer was when I was a little girl. Uh, My dad is Catholic. My entire family on my dad's side has been Catholic for generations. We attended church uh, during the week, every Sunday, and I did First Communion and catechism and all that wonderful, uh, amazing things. And uh, and we got our little prayer booklet uh, book, and I actually got it out last night just to look at it. It was so sweet. And I remember at night I would grab that booklet and I would go beside my bed, and my prayers were something like this: "Dear Lord." Thank you for my mom, my dad, my dog, my cat, my sister. Amen. (laughs) And so there was that, right? That's my introduction to prayer. And then so as I continue to grow up, to grow up, I then my prayers my prayers begin to change. And so when I went into high school, my prayers started to change. I started being like, Lord, please help me with these tests, Lord, and help me just to pass and help me to run well in my cross-country race today, Lord God. And Father God, if I could just date so-and-so, thank God he doesn't answer prayers. And then so, um, some of those are, and so, you know what I mean? So it goes on. And then when I got to college, then I had another experience. See, because I was, I knew of God, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that is when in college is when I found the Lord, right? Or when I gave my life over to Christ. And then at that point, I began to say to God, I began to say to him, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Help me to know the power in prayer, Father God. And help me to to draw near to you. And so what he was doing, what he did during that time when I would pray those prayers, he would lead me to his word. And so in his word, it's so evident how he says, I give you the authority, the boldness to ask for things in my name and shall be given unto you. And so here we have a similar thing with the disciples. Now the disciples, they were walking, talking, eating, hanging out with Jesus, and they would often recognize him going off somewhere to pray. And they would watch him he'd go off alone he'd get up it says in the word of god he'd get up really early in the morning or even in the middle of the day or late at night and he'd go off by himself and pray so they're observing his behavior and so they came to him one day in the book of luke in chapter 11 and they said this one day jesus was praying in a certain place and when he had finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray And this is what he said back to them. And this is what we call the Lord's Prayer, as we recited this morning with Brother Roy. And I'm going to read it out of Matthew. You can find it in both Luke and Matthew. So Matthew 6, uh, verses 9 through 13. And he says this, Pray then like this. 
Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word for us here today. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that when we can, we can enter boldly into your throne room and we can ask and it shall be given unto us, Lord God. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. As the disciples said, they knew how to pray, Father God. They were smart. They had walked that walk, Father God. But they, you gave them this new way. Lord God, almost as an outline, Lord God. So help us today. I praise you and thank you, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the Lord's prayer for us even today as an outline. When he said, pray like this, the key word here is like. That means having the same characteristics or kind of similar to. So their prayers were to be similar in nature to the example that he was about to give them. And so we're going to start with this. We'll start right at the beginning. Our Father who are in heaven. Or maybe you've said it, our Father who art in heaven. This statement acknowledges God's position and authority. Because of the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ, we are now, all of us as followers of Christ, are invited into an intimate one-on-one conversation with God. He wants to connect with us relationally. Your God is a heavenly father. And so maybe it looks like this when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed at night or throughout the day or whatever it is, you say, thank you, Lord God, because you are so awesome. You are so awesome. You are great and just and majestic. The Romans 8.15 in the New Living Translation, it says this, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. Maybe that is your thing. Abba Father, good morning. Because we are assured as children that our adoring father will hear our prayers. His ear, his word says this, that his ear is always turned to us. And he is also creator. All authority is given unto him. He is the one sitting on the throne in heaven. He is sovereign. He is holy. He is sacred and he is just. All the while, though, being lovingly gracious and merciful father. And so now if we move on, we see hallowed be thy name or hallowed be your name. Worship his name. Holy names of God are powerful. It is not something that we take lightly. These, are, these names of God are set apart. I remember when my son was anywhere, I think any time between 8 and 10, and we had gone over to Walmart here, and in the back, he always liked to pick out a new poster for his room, and so he's in the back flicking through the posters they have back there, and he's flipping through them, and he landed on this one, and it was the names of God, and it had over like a hundred different names from the Bible, all like small, like so it could fit on the poster, and he's like, I want that. 
And as a mom, I was like, I'm getting that. <laughs> and so, so we got it, and we put it up in his room, and, the, and it was just a list of names of God. And I'm just going to name some here on the Bible, and it says amazing, like Al Shaddai, Rose of Sharon, Healer, Provider, Banner of Victory, Elohim, Adonai, Jehovah, Yahweh. My favorite, Redeemer. So I encourage you, as you seek the Lord, that you would seek out a name of his that kind of resonates with your soul. So that when you're in your prayer time with the Lord God, that you have, it's, it's perfect to say, Lord God, Jesus Christ. But could you grasp a hold of one of those names and the power and the authority in that? And so in Proverbs eighteen ten in the message, it says this, God's name is a place of protection. Good people can run there and be safe. And so the first part of it was about the majesty of God. The second, hallowed be your name, is about acknowledging him. Now the third is your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this, what I see is, is we pray his agenda first. And what is God's agenda? God's agenda is to love God and love others. And so we remember that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He uses the word here, uh, the word your twice, and that is on purpose. Because it is not our will, but his. And so I see this section of the prayer as for us to pray for others, to pray for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So pray for your country. Pray for your president. Pray for your church. Pray for your friends that throughout the week that have said, could you pray for me? This is the place for that. I pray for you. I pray, Lord God, I lift up so-and-so to you. Lord, that you would, you would heal their body. And praying for your friends and your family. There's power in that. And so in Luke in 1231 in the um, Living Bible Translation, it says this, He will always give you all you need. This is a promise. He will give you all you need day by day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. And what is the kingdom of God? Love him and love others. So this part of the section of the Lord's Prayer is about praying for others. Now, the next thing is, give us this day our daily bread. Now, this must have resonated with the disciples when Jesus was saying this, because they knew their Old Testament well. And so Jesus purposely said, give us this day our daily bread, because he was referring back to the Israelites when they had come out of Egyptian slavery, and they were there in the desert waiting to get into the promised land, and they were arguing and grumbling and complaining and blah, blah, blah. But yet, what did God provide for them every day? Manna, you're so right. So he gave them day, every day. Give us this day, our daily bread. And so I encourage you when you're praying for your needs to pray for things that you might not even think you need at that moment. So your prayers should maybe say something like this. Lord God, I pray that you bless my health. Maybe you're having a good health day, but press it in, right? I pray that you bless my health. I pray that you bless my emotions, Lord. I pray that you bless my finances. 
It's talking, it's everyday communication to God that you need him in your everyday life. Because we recognize our help comes from you. And so, and then when we ask for things, I'm going to be a little careful here. Um, my husband and I, last night when we were going, I was going over this with him. Um, uh, and he, he didn't, anyways, okay. <laughs> so we had a little heated discussion about it. So, um, so we got to this part and he was like, okay, well, you can just say whatever you want. Say, God, Katie, I don't know why you're making this so blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know, I know that. But here's the difference is God is not Santa Claus. Okay, there's a difference. He's majesty, okay? And we don't go to him with our, our Christmas lists and just say, check them off, Lord. We go to him and we say to him in a spirit of humility and a spirit of dependence and a spirit of gratitude. And then the room calmed down. <laughs> so this is praying for our needs. And next is, forgive us as we forgive others. Now, there are two parts to this. First is, our, is our heart right with God? Do you see how he said that first? Is our heart right with God? And so often, I will pray this, search my heart, O Lord, and know any anxious ways within them, and reveal them to me, right? Because sometimes we don't know, right, what's going on. And so, Lord, God, just by your Holy Spirit, just help me out here. Help me to know what other things I need to confess unto you. And so, and then the second thing is understanding, you know, people are going to hurt us, right? That's just reality. We live in a broken world, you know? And so it's understanding that people are probably going to hurt you today. So have you ever thought about praying this in advance? Lord God, I pray for the people that are going to hurt me today, and I forgive them in advance. 1 John 1, 9 says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And sick as this, and lead us not in temptation, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, this is a little confusing for people. So let me try to do my best to explain it. I think the best way to explain it is if you read it in the Greek and it says this, do not allow me to be led into temptation. He doesn't take our hand and lead us into temptation because he is God. He's omniscient because he knows all things. And so for, I think it's better interpreted in that Greek version when it says, do not allow me to be led into temptation because God cannot tempt us because it tells us that in James 1.13. It is not his nature. It is not his deity, his father, his love. But daily, he recognizes and he knows because he knows all things that we are going to be faced with temptations and tests and trials. And now the second part is our response in them is what we need help with. So as we walk in those times of testings and trials, may our response be that not of anger or bitterness or resentment or doubt or unbelief. Okay, and now here's the backside, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm being aware of it. I'm sorry, we're running just a little bit behind today, but this is important. This is important. And the backside of that verse says, but deliver us from the evil one. The devil is your adversary, and if you're not fighting the devil each day, he is winning. Now, I know that sounds a little like, ugh, it's a little harsh, 
But I believe that you must be aware of it and you must take your, um, your power and your authority that you have in the blood of Jesus Christ over the enemy and bind him up. And the message says it very great in Ephesians 6.12. He says this, God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons, and that talks about putting on your spiritual armor of God that we see in Ephesians, of the best material. And then put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. God has given you, because of what the victory Victory was won on the hill of Calvary. God has given each and every one of you as followers of Jesus Christ the authority and the power to put the enemy in its place. And so I encourage you, every single one of you, to bind up that and to put a hedge of protection around your family, around your friends, around your coworkers, or whatever he's calling it to be. Because there is no space for it. And so, lastly, so we began with God. We began with God and his majesty and greatness. And he walks the disciples through this outline of prayer. And he gets to the end, and this is what we read. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The prayer at the end goes back to him. It starts with him, and it ends with him. This expresses faith. And God's ability to do all we ask. And we see this in Jeremiah 32, 17, when it says this, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth, and by your strong hand and powerful arm, nothing is too hard for you. This is God's word for us today. Be encouraged. Go out and pray boldly. Stand firm. For this is God's will for you. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for your word here today. I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, it's not an accident, Lord, or just by hat, by chance, or that they are here this morning. Father God, that you had a word to, for them to hear. Lord, and so may they receive that. And may they be clothed. And may you hear their prayers, Lord. And may you just bind up the enemy in their life and throw them out. And just like Roy said, seal it in the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. We just knock it over. <laughs> Father, we just praise you and thank you. We love you so much. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.